Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Welcome everyone to episode 182 of the NBA podcast. The 2018-19 NBA season is about two weeks old. We've already had our first coach firing, a new NBA record being set, and dysfunction abound. So we will be talking about all that today and more. Before we get underway, a reminder you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our Twitter handle, you can find, or in our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Hey, Brian. It's going well. I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh. After work. It is unbelievable. Like the, I, I, Look, I knew going in that the file was going to be huge. Right. Almost 150 gigs. Oh my god. It is huge. It's the biggest game of all time. And honestly, like the quality of it, perfect. Just perfect. Yeah. It, it has to be up there, you know, in terms of the best games of all time. It's amazing. Wow. I, I've heard good things. I know if I buy it, I'm going to get sucked in for 60 hours. So it, it feels like a next summer project for me. Oh, oh no. Here's the thing. The story alone is mm-hmm. 60 hours. So, you know, for for all the rest of the stuff around, like side missions and quests and whatever, like yeah. you're you're going to be putting in like 250 hours easy. Mm. Yeah, that's that's not going to end well for me. Nope. <laughs> nope. All right, boy, we have a lot to talk about today. Let's start in Cleveland. The Cavaliers on Sunday, out of nowhere really, mm. fire head coach Ty Lue who had been to three straight NBA Finals. Of course, he won or helped them win their championship in 2016. Uh, You could tell there was some tension brewing behind the scenes because, you know, dating back to the preseason, there were reports that the front office wanted them to go younger. They told Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith that they weren't going to be in the rotation. Then the Cavs get blown off the floor their first couple games. Lou puts them back in the rotation for a little bit. According to ESPN's Brian Windhorst, that fueled a lot of this discord between Lou and the front office and Hmm. most likely led him to be fired uh, just because, you know, the front office recognizes without LeBron James, they are not a playoff team. They are a very bad team and they should be playing their young players and developing their young players. And Ty Lou rightfully says... Well, you know, I'm <laughs> I, I'm good. The one who's gonna have sixty losses hung on my head. Like I'm gonna lose my job either way. At least let me go down playing my best players. So, right. right. So he's gone. Larry Drew is taking over, 
But <laughs> the Cavs are refusing, as of now, to like renegotiate his contract, give him a raise, kind of give him more security to take over as the official interim head coach. Like right now, he's. I guess he's like. He, I don't know what his official title is. Someone asked me this at work last night, and I was like, he just keeps calling himself the voice of the team. Like I don't <laughs> think you could say <laughs> Larry Drew, the voice of the Cavaliers. Like, you have to say something head coach. So right. I guess acting head coach is the correct term, but, you know. Associate they, he- head coach? I don't, but, like, who's the head coach then? Like, he's technically, at, he is he is serving as the head coach. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, there's just, there's still, like, so much certainty regarding w- what they're going to do. Uh, mm. and, and according to Windhorst and Adrian Wojnarowski, they could be headed for a peculiar stalemate over the interim coaching position. Uh, the Cavs said they might bring in a, a new head coach from the outside, but they have not yet been aggressive in hiring one. So, we're, what, like, what's your take on this whole Cavs dysfunction this early in the season? I, I think it's completely unfair to Tyron Lou that they're going with the whole argument that you need to play the young guys after they just maxed out Kevin Love on an extension. He's free. Yeah. Like, yeah. make a call. Like, if you're going to go the young route, like, what's the what's the purpose here? Mm-hmm. There was no need to extend him. You could have traded him. Like, he was still under contract for, I want to say, two more years? Was it two? Uh, I think one more year and then he might have had a player option. Oh, he had an option, right. Okay. Yeah. But, but definitely could, one more year. Right. You could still have moved him. Yeah. So, so the logic just doesn't add up, which is typical of, you know, Cleveland ownership. Right. It, right. It's. I mean, I, I. I just. I'm sitting there going through that entire situation. I just cannot make heads or tails of what they're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely get where where Lou is. Like he's looking at that team just struggling mightily, and he's thinking, you know what? Let Let's put in some guys that know how to play. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, additionally, he's keeping it in the back of his mind that you know we have Kevin Love. Kevin Love is our star. He's Ferdy. Like right. so obviously they want to hang on to him. Like. Let's let's go for it, mm-hmm. and he got sacked for it. I, I, it's it's completely mind-boggling. I don't think they themselves know what the hell they want. And also, just right. can, I just want to add something here. Like when you talk about young players, should you really add Tristan Thompson and Jordan Clarkson <laughs> to that? Like, right. Right. I, I know that they're not on the on the wrong side of thirty, but like they're sneaking up there. At least Tristan is. Yeah. Well, that's. Part of the problem with this Cavs roster is that they genuinely don't have that many young, like good young prospects. They, they, you know, obviously they have Colin Sexton, they have Chetty Osman, they have uh, Sam Decker, David Nwaba, but like Larry Nance is already 25. He's going to be 26 in January. Rodney Hood just turned 26. Jordan Clarkson turned 26 in June. It's like you have a fair point. These guys are not young. They are, you know, either in the midst of their prime or like beginning mm. their prime but we can't really call these guys prospects at this point right and chitty himself is 23 like obviously yeah. he still has time to do more and he's playing well this year but my my point is like he's not some 19 year old with a plus plus potential right they have uh, one it- guy they have <laughs> one asset like legitimately like one asset in terms of a, a supremely young gifted player one guy that's it and that's the problem and that's of of building around lebron james is that 
you know, obviously you have LeBron James, you're trying to win now, mm. but we saw this with Miami too. Like by the time he left Miami, they really didn't have that much in terms of young talent. Even in that last year, like the 2013-14 season, right? You know, they were relying on a bunch of 30-plus year olds, like role player guys because you trust those guys. They have experience. Mm. You can trust them in the playoffs. You're not relying on a rookie for big minutes. But, you know, you trade away draft picks, and Cleveland's done that too. Like, there, it comes a point where LeBron leaves, and then you're left holding the bill. And, like, this yep. is all you have left is Colin Sexton and not much else. But I think you said it well. It's that Cleveland really doesn't know what it wants, clearly, because, like, we heard all summer that they were fancying themselves to be a playoff team, and that was their rationale for giving Kevin Love an extension, was we want to stay competitive even though LeBron left. <laughs> like, yeah. you, did, right. you, did you really change course after six games? Like, yeah. you, really, you really went into the season thinking, like, oh, yeah, we have a real playoff shot. Like, the East is weak. We could really sneak into that 7 or 8 seed. And you really just, it took you, like, a, a loss against Atlanta to realize, like, oh, no. We, we're actually terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and just to describe how terrible they are, I, I have a very fun stat for you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So the Cavs have played 1,680 minutes this year. Uh, they have 10 blocks. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Yep. Well, I mean, they have is... 100 turnovers, so... They have ten times the amount of turnovers that they do shot blocks. Yeah, like who's the, who is the shot blocker on that team? So far, right now, the leading shot blocker is David Nawapa, <laughs> who has played twenty nine total minutes. Yep. Great. Oh my god. Well, well and, you know, on a per game basis, right? But still, yeah, yeah. And, and it's—I mean—it looks like it's only going to get worse for the Cavs because Kevin Love says he's going to miss at least several weeks with a big toe injury on his left foot that has bothered him since the preseason. He did not rule out surgery, so <laughs> oh, fun times in Cleveland, <laughs> right? So, so Kobe Alvin may actually get his wish because there may only be young players left to play. It sounds like, according to Woj and uh, Windhorst, they're going to start shopping Kyle Korver. Uh, J.R. Smith is, I mean, it, it would be challenging to trade him, but I think if they found a taker, they would happily do so. Uh, I mean, they, I, I would assume it's not going to be very hard to find interest in Korver. On the trading market, probably yeah. does. Like, I think he it ends with a buyout. With Corver? I mean, look, how, doesn't he have two years left? Yeah, but the second year is not. There's like only two million or so guaranteed, and it's only like a seven million dollar per year contract. It's not much. Oh no! Yeah, okay. It's it's guaranteed for three point four million. All right, yeah. that change that does change things. I thought it was yeah. fully guaranteed because after all, he's like. 37 38 right 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 i mean i i would be i would be hesitant to give up something of significance for him so but no if if we're talking about basically a one-year flyer and then Mm -hmm. a 3.4 million option yeah you live with that philly would make sense there yeah i know yeah i mean he's been tied at least like sixers fans have been clamoring to get him 
really since the offseason, since LeBron left, it, the theory was they're going to go set, dumping veterans at some point. And the problem is making salaries match. I think it would have to include Jared Bayless, which is of no use to Cleveland. But yeah. apparently Furkan Korkmaz wants to trade. So, like, Korkmaz plus Bayless and, like, maybe a second rounder to grease the wheels? I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Korkmaz, I mean, I, I actually do like his potential, but yeah, you know, there's just so many guys there. Right. Like he's not gonna get his shot, and and it's it's fair. It's also goodwill, right? Like let's yeah. if Philly decides to do, to basically give him his freedom, he develops elsewhere. Then maybe down the line, he when he's a free agent and Philly maybe need a you know need a wing or something, he'll mm-hmm. remember. Oh, they did me right, you know something. Yeah, I mean. It- it's not a good sign that he, like, the Sixers wing rotation sucks right now, at least until Wilson Chandler comes back, and it's not a good sign that he's not getting minutes. Like, yeah, no, I, I right. don't think he can be on a competitive team right now, so going to a team like Cleveland or to Atlanta would actually make a lot of sense for him, too. So, Well, he's young. He's, like, 21, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got plenty of time. He uh, would immediately be the second youngest player on Cleveland. <laughs> would he really? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, good times in Cleveland. Uh, I mean, look, we knew this was coming this year. I hope they get this Larry Drew situation straightened out so they at least like have an acting or a permanent-ish head coach at some point. But, Cash fans, it's going to be a long year. I think you knew that. But, hey, 3-1 deficit in 2016. You're always going to have that. Oh, God, that is going to be the one thing they hang their hat on for like the next 25 years. I would do it. Shit, I'm going to hang my hat on Nick Foles beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl for the next 25 years. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's fair, I guess, especially because they didn't have a championship for so long. That's yeah, fair. for 50-plus years. Absolutely. Yeah. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kids-sized prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Clearance. All right, let's move to another team that is in surprising disarray this season. The Houston Rockets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of it is it makes sense. Like, Chris Paul got suspended for a few games. Now James Harden is out with his hamstring injury. So, like, they're 1-5, which I don't think anyone in their right mind would have predicted heading into the season. But right. there are some mitigating circumstances involved. However, there was also a report from Wojnarowski, I believe on Friday, uh, that they are making a renewed bid to acquire Jimmy Butler from the Minnesota Timberwolves. They included four future first-round draft picks in their most recent offer. <laughs> uh, he said he didn't specify like what they would be, you know, what protections the picks would have. Right. He just said they would be limited. Uh, So, you know, presumably it's not like top 25 protected for all four years, that kind of thing. Like they would, Houston would actually be giving up these picks at some point. Um, It sounds like they were trying to involve either Brandon Knight or Marquise Chris, who they were not allowed to trade until today, which is Wednesday, uh, October 31st. 
just because that's the two-month anniversary of when they acquired them. So this kind of could be the day or like in the next couple of days, this could be the time where we really start to see some traction mm-hmm. uh, on the Jimmy Butler trade. But if more, if you're Minnesota, do you take, do you take that offer? Yeah. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. I, I know a lot of people are, are trashing Houston for offering these picks. Mm-hmm. I kind of think it's a decent deal for both sides. Ooh, interesting. Look, he, obviously you don't, you don't make this sort of investment without going through the back channels. Right. So you have to understand immediately that, yeah, trading for Jimmy, especially at that cost, he will resign in the summer. Like, obviously. Right. I think we are doing something wrong in terms of, you know, how we're portraying Jimmy in the media as, as a basketball player, um, in, in terms of where he is, where he's at in his career. Like we're painting him as, as this 34 year old guy. Like he's, right. he's 29. Right. I get the whole tips mileage, but you know what? I'm kind of struggling believing that argument because he hasn't shown any of it. Like, just because Noah went down with it, just because Luol Deng went down with it, like, that doesn't mean Jimmy has to. Right. We don't know. He's been, you know, he's he's had some serious games early on this year. Um, and he would come in immediately and just be, you know, the, the glue guy. On this team, like he would have the instant respect of James Harden and Chris Paul, mm-hmm. he he would he would ask everyone to work just as hard as him, and they already are. I think it would fit beautifully. He would just come in as this, you know, I I, I was about to say three and D on steroids, but that's not even true. It's more than that. Like he would come in and be an additional superstar, right? Obviously, and and like, could you imagine the open looks Chris Paul would get off of James Harden and and Jimmy Butler pick and rolls, or vice versa, or vice versa. Like, like imagine the open looks Jimmy Butler would get next to Chris yep. Paul and James Harden. Yeah, I mean, look that that trio combined with a rim running, rim running Clint Capella and mm-hmm. you know Carmelo, who will occasionally find his stride, right? And Eric Gordon off the bench. Like, mm-hmm. good lord, I'd take that. I'd go for it. It depends, obviously, entirely on the protections, right? It all comes down to that. Yeah. But you do you think at, if they add Jimmy Butler and don't give up anyone of consequence, namely P.J. Tucker or Eric Gordon, like let's right. say they somehow do it with just Knight and Chris and whatever other salary filler they need. Right. Do you think that team has a chance against Golden State this year? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's Jimmy Butler. You're adding a top, you know, top 15 player at the worst – to a team who took Golden State to seven last year. I realize they don't have Trevor Ariza, but come on, if you look at the grand scheme of things, that's a tremendous upgrade. Uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not taking this slow start into account. Like, you know, right. as you mentioned, you know, Chris Paul got suspended. Harden is out with an injury. Like, there's no way that Eric Gordon is going to keep shooting 30% from the field. Like, right. he's in a, he's right. in a slump. Some, you know, he'll bounce back. Uh, D'Antoni is pissed off. I get it. Every coach would be. It's just a matter of finding their stride. The season is young. Yeah. They played six games. Yeah. Do you think they're under more pressure because of how they started to swing this deal? What do you mean? Like, because they got off to such a crappy start and when Harden's coming back, do you think they're like, 
they're under more pressure to make a trade, make a big move. <laughs> no, it's it's Daryl Morey. <laughs> I feel fairly I feel fairly certain that he's gonna play this one right. Um I, I do think they they understand that they need to make a splash. I do yeah. think they understand that a an upgrade is necessary at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they're going all out on Butler. And I think they've looked at that entire Minnesota situation and gone, you know what? He's looking for professionalism. Look at what we have. Look at the guys that we have here each and every day showing up. Mm -hmm. Like, he wouldn't have anything to complain about. And he'll be back home in Texas. That's true. Yeah, I mean, one thing to factor in is, like... Regardless of what protection they put on the 2019 pick, like if they add Jimmy Butler this week or like soon thereafter, that pick is most likely going to be in the low 20s. Like mm. I firmly expect Houston to bounce back and be one of the five best teams in basketball, especially if they add Jimmy Butler, as you said. Like <laughs> yeah. the upgrade from Ariza to Jimmy Butler is substantive. Um, even in 2021, they'll you know if they assuming they re-sign Butler, which I. I don't think they make this trade unless, as you said, they have a back-channel right. agreement, basically, that they're going to get him and max him out next year or whatever. Uh, so assuming they keep him, they're going to have Chris Paul still. They're going to have James Harden still. They're going to have Clint Capella still in 2021. So like those two picks are most likely to be very bad. Mm-hmm. It, as you said, it comes down to what the protections are in 2023 and 2025 because there is the possibility that this turns into a similar situation as what the Brooklyn Nets dealt with with you know with the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett trade. That said, like, you know, as you said, Jimmy Butler is 29, he's not 34. Like Pierce and KG right. were very much on their last legs when Brooklyn made that trade and it blew up faster than anyone could have imagined, but you know, that that team was not built for long-term sustainable success. I think the Rockets are just because they have those four core guys locked in. Now, they wouldn't have m- many resources to build around them, so this it would be very challenging to keep a good supporting cast around them, and I think that could be an issue over time. But, you know, as long as... Like, if they make the 2023 and 2025 picks completely unprotected i would be nervous about it but also i understand because like chris paul and james harden aren't getting any younger like you this is your window if you're a rockets fan right this is two picks for jimmy butler two picks and change effectively like who 2019 is going to be a weak ass draft especially especially later in the first round Mm -hmm. like who cares that guy might be out of the league in two years, or right. you know, two years after being drafted. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, the odds of finding a consistent contributor there are very low. Right. Not saying that you should disregard it. Obviously, right. every draft pick is valuable. I'm just saying that when a draft is projected as being bad, it usually is. Yeah, and and the hit rate on picks in the late 20s is just low in general. Right. So uh, you offer that for Jimmy. Obviously, it's the last two years. I will say this, and I don't think people are really, you know, making this point enough. Trading for Jimmy Butler also um, extends the career of Chris Paul. Mm. Jimmy can handle the basketball. Much like James Harden, he can play this pseudo-point guard role. Mm -hmm. Like, Chris 
could actually have a whole year or a couple years, really, where he's like, you know, Derek Fisher on steroids. He'll bring the ball up, hand it off to James or Jimmy, and he'll just like lurk around, wait for an open kickout, and then jump shot. Mm-hmm. It would also keep him very injury-free by playing that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the the balance of touches and power between those three guys would be, like, the, outside of Golden State, that's the best three-man trio in the league, I would say, mm-hmm. right? Like, I can't think of one better. Right. I, I Absolutely. And... Like, Boston maybe eventually, but... Not right now, though. No. Nope. Like, right now, the trio in Boston has to be Kyrie, Hayward, and, and Horford, but... Right. And, you know, that's excellent. That's bloody excellent. But mm-hmm. it's not Jimmy Butler, James Harden, Chris Paul. Right, no, it's, right. it's it's not. And, you know, I've seen a couple of arguments being made that why go after Jimmy Butler? Like, he mostly operates in the mid-range area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know who does that too? Who realized that they had to? Golden State. Yeah. Like, when they have an open mid-range jump shot, they're not going to, you know, turn their nose up at it. They're going right. to take it. Right, and I and I have a feeling that, you know, Maury is looking at the whole Maury Ball thing and kind of going, you know what, that's nice and all, we're really making progress by taking threes and getting shots to the rim, mm-hmm. but but we need someone other than just Chris to create something in the mid range area when the game's on the line. Yeah, maybe Maury is saying like, you know, I zigged when everyone else zagged. Like I invented Maury Ball. I invented like this only threes and layups or like only threes and close to the basket shots now everyone is playing that way maybe i need to zag again and maybe i mm. need to like re-emphasize hey not all mid-range shots are awful yeah they're low efficiency but like sometimes you just need to take them to keep defenses honest and maybe if you have guys who are elite at that like we've seen with the spurs with lamarcus aldridge and demario Derozan, they're not telling those guys don't ever take those shots because they're not as efficient as a three-pointer like you, you do these well, right? Take them, and yeah, also like, if you miss twenty seven threes in a row, like it might right. be nice to have a counter. <laughs> right, exactly. What one final point on this? The twenty twenty three draft. Going back to that, right now the the speculation is that the one and dones will be removed in twenty twenty two. So in theory, that twenty twenty three draft class could also be very bad, right? Because you would have oh yeah. The the freshmen all come out. The freshmen who are not eligible, the class of, I guess, the high school class of 2021 will all go to college for one year. Mm-hmm. And then they'll come out. And then the yep. high school class of 2022, will the top prospects will go into the draft as well. So the draft class of 2022, you know, figures to be one of the most loaded ever just because you have two years of the top prospects. But 2023, as a result, may suffer. Yep. Because then you're going to have, you'll have the high school kids coming out, but then like the college talent may be more depleted than usual. So I actually wrote an article exactly about this issue over at Give Me Sport. Oh. Because, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. NBA section on, on Give Me Sport. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you have to plan ahead. Like right. my entire point was the year that because at that point it wasn't determined when it was go- when the one and done was going to be eliminated. Yeah. So my point is basically that when you know when the year is active or you can select high school players for the first time again, mm-hmm. you better not miss. Every team 
essentially is going to have a major asset on their hands for that particular Mm -hmm. draft year, like, don't fuck it off. It's so important because the year after, it's probably going to suck. Yeah. 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 It's a, I mean, it's going to be really interesting now that the Knight and Chris are, like, actually eligible to be traded. It's going to be very interesting to see how these Jimmy Butler situation develops over the coming days it looks like he has taking the night off tonight on wednesday that's yeah and maybe nights off in the future as well right yeah so it makes you wonder if something is closer than we realize look we're recording right now in about 20 minutes after we've switched topics i'm gonna oh let's just see i did this is so perfect because i actually just got a vibration on my phone (laughs) please please don't be watch. It it wasn't it, it oh, okay. was okay. and it was a Butler tweet, but it's all about him not playing right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, but here's the thing: he should be hoping to go there. We should all be hoping he goes there. Yeah, because that would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if for everyone is sitting around going, well, you know what? I hate the NBA right now because we all know what's going to happen. Golden State is gonna is gonna win again. It's all so bad. Well, if you feel that way, you should certainly root for Jimmy Butler going to Houston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, something tells me we're going to be recording an emergency Jimmy Butler got traded podcast sooner than later. Yep. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer. <laughs> this might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. All right, let's go to the Golden State. We have to briefly give a shout out to Clay Thompson, who... (laughs) 52... The Warriors just did bad thing to your former team all night. But, my God, 52 points in 27 minutes. An NBA record 14 three-pointers. Like, what is there to say? Oh, I have something to say. It's actually a question. What do you find more impressive? 14 made threes from Clay in one game? Or Uh the fact that in the seven games prior to that explosive game... Yeah. He had not made more than one three-pointer in a game the whole year. He was, he was 5 of 36 from three going into that night. And had two nights where he didn't make a single three. Yeah. As someone who spent, I think, a fourth-round pick on him in fantasy basketball this year, I was lamenting that decision. And then he he met the Bulls, and it was like, I won, you know, three-pointers are a category. Like, I single... He won me that category this week. I'm no, I don't even have to check. Like <laughs> You're not coming back from someone hitting 14 threes in a game. It was un- unreal. It's just... it's the, the one thing that makes me sad about this Warriors team, aside from like the, the <laughs> crushing inevitability of everything that's happening, is like, imagine what would have happened if they weren't so good. Like, if that game was more competitive... How many points do you think Clay Thompson scores if he has to play through the fourth quarter? Oh, he he would have ended with like 72, 75 points. Yeah, right? And like, oh, no, for sure. For the sure. same thing with KD and the same thing with Curry. Like, they've all had these, like, explosive oh, yeah. performances now. And I feel like, you know, we, we get 
this taste of like just true greatness. Like I'm never gonna, you know, 52 points in 27 minutes is outrageous, but like we could have had more, you know. I I've gone on the record and saying if if Clay had played 40 minutes, uh huh, he would have closed in on 20 made threes. Yeah, and yeah, at least 70 points, maybe like 75. He, he could have challenged Kobe's 81 night. He he probably could have, and he and he've done so before. If he had played more minutes against Indiana back in the sixty pointer, yeah, because what was that? It was in sixty points in twenty nine minutes, right? So yeah, something like that. Yeah, like he. Here's the thing with Clay, he's the one guy, like even more so than Curry, because Curry also has this idea, idea, not idea. Sorry, the job of facilitating and making sure everything runs. Right. Like Clay is just catch and shoot, catch and shoot. Like one dribble here, one dribble there. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like. Out of anyone in the league, Clay is that one guy who could actually come closest to Wilt. Yeah, I, right. Because yeah, all he does is he just needs to shoot. And if they, yep. you know, if they feed him, he took twenty four three pointers in twenty seven minutes. Like they they knew he had the hot hand, and they were just feeding him all night. Mm-hmm. But man, it was like. Yeah, I mean, to your point about Indiana, when he played, he had the 60-pointer. It was in 29 minutes, but he only took 14 threes that night. So, a man like that. Play. Yeah, <laughs> that really could have been. You're right, though. I think, you know, I I don't think any team's ever going to keep it close enough. Like, when one of those guys goes off like that, the odds are at least Curry and KD didn't go, like, completely MIA. So, unless they just have a night where they just want to, like, run up the score and totally embarrass some team. Like, I think they'll need Russell Westbrook to do some stupid shit and just, like, talk some trash to Steve Kerr. And then Steve Kerr is like, all right, let's just bury him. Let's drop 180 on yeah, him. Yeah, see, Steve would never do that, though. He's too I know. He's too clever. And I know. honestly, I, I, he, he felt bad, apparently, after the game. Like, he, Did he didn't... Really? He felt bad. He didn't want, you know, <laughs> to see Clay actually going out and chase records the way that he did. But yeah. he had he had this thing where, you know, he was that close to it, and he kind of felt that he he owed him that in some oh. respects. But he didn't like it. Oh, and, I saw something. Yeah, that he said like he didn't even know Clay was nearing the record, and then like Clay came back to the huddle at some point and was saying two more, two more. Yeah, and then, then he's like, oh. Wait a second. Right. And then he apparently turned to Steph and he's like, Hey Steph, do you have this record? And Steph was like, Yeah. Yeah. yeah fine, I do. But I want Clay to break it. So so I have a question for you because over the past three years, I've been banging on this drum. I've been mm-hmm. saying that at some point very soon, an NBA player is going to make 15 threes okay. in a game. Yeah. Now, Clay made 14, <laughs> so it still hasn't happened. Right. But this counts, right? Given that he played just 26 minutes. Like, yeah. my, my my theory has been proven accurate. Yes, I would All say right. so. All right, because I'm, I'm coming up with a new prediction now. And I actually did 20... Within the, within the next three... No, I think I said before 2020, mm. we will see someone make 23s in a game. Wow. Hmm. The question and, is and you know, who? you know who? No, no, you know who? You know who? The best shooter of all time. You know Steph? who? Oh, yeah. But because now Clay has this one. Clay right. has this one right now. And 
these warriors, man, they are bored as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need they something to play for. I That's imagine true. that that at some point this season, when Steph is feeling it early on, mm. he's just gonna be like, you know what? Clay, you better back up because I'm gonna take it this time. I'm gonna take the record this this time, but I'm <laughs> I'm gonna distance myself. It's not gonna be any more of this one up bullshit. No no, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna go further. I'm gonna make twenty. My only concern is that no team is going to keep it close enough for Steve Kerr to let him stay in the game for that long. But you're you're right. I mean, if anyone's going to do it, you know, it's either him or like I could see Devin Booker just jacking 35 threes one night. Oh god. <laughs> Look, I mean, he has 70 points as his career high, right? so exactly. I mean Oh god, that's Oh, you know what? You know what could be really fun? Remember back in the early you know, uh, the early 2000s when some of the most random players were, were oh, yeah, having... Yeah, yeah. Like, you had Tony Delk scoring 53 yeah. points in a game. You had yeah. Daniel Marshall, you know, hitting 12 threes in a game. Right. It, everything was just weird. Yeah. Like, for some rando just to come out of nowhere and hit, like, 16 <laughs> threes in a game. Like, in this day and age, in this climate, it yeah. could totally happen. Oh, for sure. For sure. It, like I Jeremy like it, Lamb coming out of nowhere yeah. and hitting like 15 or 16 threes in the game where he just went like, oh, okay, new age NBA. I feel like it's got to be a player on a team with a bad defense going against a team with a bad defense. So you like run up the score both ways. Because like oh, the, yeah. Warriors, the Warriors can run up the score, but their defense is too good. So no one's going to do that against them. But like in a Phoenix lakers game or something like that no phoenix bulls bulls have the worst defense or lakers bulls denzel valentine is gonna hit 15 threes no (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here first folks Uh, oh god no that's that shouldn't be allowed no honestly i'm 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 just looking forward to to steph wanting to break this record you know right now he's he's looking at clay going I, I better I better get myself going now. <laughs> yeah. When when do they play the Bulls next? Not for a while, right? Um, oh, we should actually. oh we should we should have that game just well, centered in our calendar. They do get the Lakers on Christmas. There's there is an opportunity. So <laughs> Friday, January 11th, 2019, the Warriors will be at home against the Bulls. Oh boy. And oh. they would have just come off games against the Knicks and Kings. Oh, boy. So And marketing should be back by then, so the Bulls might be slightly more competitive. Oh, they would be more competitive, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's and they good. won't yeah, they won't be depleted though. Right? Yeah. No, but but the defense should still suck. Alright. Yeah. Let, let's lock it in, Bri. <laughs> On January the eleventh, twenty nineteen. One of Clay or Steph will hit 15 or 16 threes, at least. That, that sounds right. I, yep. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened against the Lakers first. Oh, man. I, Could you imagine I, like Lakers fans' reactions to that? <laughs> well, we'll get to the Lakers shortly. Yeah. Uh, we, we have to mention, so the deadline for team options to be picked up or declined was on yep. Tuesday, I believe. Or it's today, right? I believe it is. It's the yeah, 31st. It's yeah. So a couple big, not necessarily big surprises, <laughs> but some eyebrow raisers. Dragon Bender, the number four overall pick 
a few years ago uh, had his option declined by the Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns. Yeah, he did. Are you surprised at all, or is it when when you're a seven footer who's yeah. played more than twenty six hundred minutes in the NBA and yeah. you have fourteen dunks to your name? Oh, that's God. not great. No, Brian. No. I mean, see, like when he showed up to summer league this year as a third year guy, mm. that's that's the first red flag. Yep. The second red flag is when you get played off the court at Summer League in your third year. In third year, yeah. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I almost give Phoenix credit here, you know, for not obeying the sunk cost fallacy and saying, like, oh, well, he was the number four overall pick, so we can't just lose him for nothing. Like, at a certain point, just admit your mistake and move on. You don't have to pay him whatever his option would have been. Since he was the number four overall pick, it was going to be gigantic. Right. Like $6 million probably. Yeah, it's so, a substantial paycheck. Yeah. So, look, like, I hope Dragon Bender can find a new team and find a way, find a place that he can work out well. But, you know, credit to Phoenix for realizing it wasn't going to be there. I think he is going to have a similar career as Jan Vesely. Mm. Mm. Like, bombed in the NBA. Yeah. We'll go to Europe and just ball out. Yeah, and then maybe, maybe because this is, hasn't happened to Yanni yet, but because I, but I think it will. Mm-hmm. In his late twenties, I could imagine like an NBA team bringing him over. Yeah. Speaking of, you mentioned earlier that Houston was going, kind of limited in getting players. You know, you know, finding a supporting cast if they trade for Butler. Right. Yeah, look overseas is what I would say because yeah. you can find a lot of guys over here. That should be in the NBA, given how the league is playing right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. going to be the next thing that we're going to be seeing. That teams are picking up like twenty-seven-year-old Europeans who's never played in the NBA before. The question is, how do they afford it? Because they only have their cap exceptions and then minimum contracts. Hey, you know what? Sometimes there are guys out here not making a lot of money. Yeah, who are fair. just like role players. And we're a guarantee, or, or yeah, a fully guaranteed one year, or even a full guaranteed two year minimum deal, right? It's perfectly fine. Plus, plus, and this this counts for a little bit. You know, European players they kind of dream of playing in the NBA, Brian. I don't know if you know, like a lot of people over here like dream of playing in the NBA. So, yeah. and if that means you know betting on yourself for a two year, you know maybe one or two years where they're not earning a whole lot of money, right? Then so be it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, well, Bender wasn't the only player in his draft class to have his option declined. So far, at least Henry Ellenson of the Pistons also yeah. had it declined. Uh, according to Woj, the Rockets are leaning toward declining their option on Marquise Chris, who was also a Suns pick that they traded for earlier this summer. And that's you, that's just unfortunate because yeah. man Ryan McDonough in that year's draft, I know. Oh boy, did, that went a long way. Chris. He did. He gave out oh. Bogdan Bogdanovich and uh, yeah. Oh. Look, that that draft alone went a long way in the decision to fire Ryan McDonough. Yeah, as well it should have. <laughs> I mean, that was a brutal. Oh, yeah. uh, yep. Those are. I mean, look that you know outside of 
the first couple guys, there haven't been, like, that many home runs from that draft class. I mean, you know, Jamal Murray at seven was good. Uh, He's only going to get better. Like, Buddy Heald has been fine. Chris Dunn was awful his first year, but he's getting progressively better. Like, we love Karis LeVert. We love Torian Prince. But, like, that that thing, that might just be an all-time terrible draft class in retrospect. Like, Wade Baldwin's been bouncing around already. Now Ellenson got his declined. I mean, Bender, Chris, Thon Maker, like, has potential, but he has yet to live up to that. Papa Giannis is already out of the league. I mean, Denzel yep. Valentine was a lottery pick that year. Like, no, it's, yeah, I look, that was top-heavy. Yeah. It really was. Um, and, and honestly, when, when you know, you and I were talking about the 2016 draft, we were actually thinking, oh, this this was pretty deep. Like, there are different makers. And some of these guys have just not turned into the player that we thought they would be. Like, Timothy Luau, Cabral. Yeah, yeah. I had very high hopes for him. Now, Deontay Murray, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. Like, his career just got, well, currently derailed because of the ACL tear. So yeah. that would have helped a lot. And But, yeah, it's just that that is going to end up being a really crappy draft, unfortunately. Yeah. It, I mean, so it seems. And I, yeah. I guess it's a testament to teams for realizing that and jumping ship before they have to pay these guys even more. Oh my God! Paul Sipscher is the twenty-third, you know, highest minutes played player from that draft. <laughs> yeah, like even the second rounders kind of sucked. There weren't that many even decent hit. Like Malcolm uh, Brogdon was good. Yeah. Pat McCaw has well, he died. won one rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Makes me sad. No, no, please don't. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Uh, all right, let's let's turn our attention to Washington because surprising no one, dysfunction is already reigning supreme among the Wizards. Uh, look, Dwayne Howard hasn't played yet. He's supposed to make his season debut Friday, according to Sham Sharani of Yahoo. So maybe that helps. Like maybe not having to play the corpse of Ian Mahimi at center will make this team suddenly not be a toxic chemistry disaster. But. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, they've just been... Look, they've had an awful start to the year. They're 1-6. They've lost to the Kings. At, you know, They lost to Miami, who's also been pretty bad to start the year. They got rocked by Memphis on Tuesday. Um, after the Kings lost Friday, Fred Katz of The Athletic had some really interesting quotes that he shared from, I mean, really, the entire team. <laughs> Apparently, John Wall, Bradley Beal... And Markeith Morris all called out unnamed teammates for having, quote, our own agendas and lack of sacrifice. Coach Scott Brooks was more specific, saying that Otto Porter, quote, can't worry about his shots. Hmm. This is, like, 
I'm very surprised by that particular <laughs> aspect because, like, everything I I thought I knew about Otto Porter is that he's just like a good glue guy, and like he doesn't fancy himself to be a twenty shots per game kind of guy. He's just like, you know, he just fills in the gaps, and he realizes he's third or fourth in the pecking order. So it strikes me as weird to think of him as like behind the scenes like clamoring for more shots and like causing all of this tension well look at his salary i guess like yeah i mean i don't know it just that caught me off guard like i i I figured oh okay wizards dysfunction it's beal and wall hating each other like marquise morris has pissed someone off or like austin rivers is already grading on his teammates but like otto being the one just i did not expect that well, I mean, I look with with, yeah, with that much salary comes certain expectations. Yeah, and I'm sure that he, in his his mind, was like, "Oh, you know what? I need to come out and earn this." That's fair. And and, and I think looking over last year, like he took eleven and a half shots a game, which, admittedly, for a guy of his caliber in terms of shooting the basketball, is too mm-hmm. low. Like mm-hmm. he he is an absolutely elite shooter. Right. And should be getting closer to like the 15, 16 shots a game because that would just keep defenses more honest. It would open up for Beal and Wall. Like there's there's logic in increasing his shot amount is what I'm saying. Yeah. However, if that has become his be-all and end-all purpose, then obviously he's going he's going to be a, a distraction in the locker room. Not saying he's the only one, you mm-hmm. know, obviously. Right. But that just doesn't help matters any. And yeah. if if this is going to become a permanent thing for him, that he's going to be like a problem, then that deal is another albatross that they can't move, effectively putting Wall and Porter together for the foreseeable future anyway. Right. Which well, I find pretty amusing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but John Gonzalez of The Ringer had a column about the Wizards, and it, like... The whole column was the premise. He said the premise was supposed to be like maybe a team has to, you know, change, make some major changes after a core stagnates for too long, as we saw with the Clippers. Right. Like, as we saw with the Raptors this year, like they, you know, they realized they had a ceiling with the Lowry DeRozan duo. So they instead trade for Kawhi Leonard, and now they're going to annihilate everyone and everyone and everything around them. Maybe Washington needs to do the same thing and break up Wall, Beal, and Porter. But as you said, you know, Wall Supermax kicks in next year. He's not going anywhere. Like I, it, I just can't imagine it's going to be easy to find a taker for him. Beal, I think there would be interest in. And, oh, Beal would go in a heartbeat. Right. Like, you know, people would want him immediately. So that's the question: is like, if you're the Wizards, mm-hmm. uh, let's start there. If you're the Wizards. And Dwight Howard comes back. <laughs> Dwight Howard, <laughs> noted chemistry expert, <laughs> noted locker room chemistry godsend, comes back and cures all that ails your team, or in all likelihood makes it ten times worse when he starts demanding post-ups and he starts griping because he doesn't want to play pick and roll. When that inevitability happens, what do you do if you're the Wizards? Do you try to trade Porter or Beal, or do you just say, fuck it, we're just going to keep this whole toxic mess together for the whole year? I mean, why on earth would you trade Bradley Beal? Isn't he like the one positive constant in all of this? (laughs) 
I guess, in theory, he's the one who can net you the most return. Yeah, and then you're stuck with Porter and Wall together for, like, five years, and then whatever return you get for Beal is just going to be meh in the meantime. Yeah. Here's what I would do. I would offer Porter for Jabari. Ooh, ew. Ew. No, no, here's why. <laughs> yeah. Cap flexibility. My yeah. God, they need it. They the do. Bull, look, the Bulls need a legit three. Right. And and look, they don't have a guy... Well, they have Zach Levine, who's a big shot taker, obviously. But they can mm-hmm. afford having a guy on this team who can take you know, more shots even when Laurie Markin returns. Yeah. And, he, you know, Otto Porter would fit right in there. He can run. He can shoot. He would fit into Hoyball. So... It depends on what you want if you're Washington. Do you want something that's productive mm-hmm. for Porter? Fine. Then that's not Jabari Parker. Right. I'm sorry. I mean, I know that's <laughs> me crabbing on Jabari, but he's not been good. Correct. I, don't, I, I mean, he's he's been horrible. Yeah. Um, so, so if you want that, that's not the deal. But if you want cap flexibility, sure, why not? There's a guy on a one-year deal. Earning twenty million and auto, I think. Oh well, you may need to throw in some extra autos making. Let me just look 26. that up. Twenty six. Yeah. So you may need to throw in a little something, something if you're in Chicago, but like, that's fine. Right. I mean, you could offer like Robin Lopez too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, see, if Chicago was a smart ball club, which they are not, right? They should try to make that deal and get Troy Brown Jr. in. You, I promise you. Hey, have I love for Troy Brown Jr. How often am I wrong about the rookies, Bry? That's fair. You you do know your rookies. Uh, the problem with Parker is that he can't be traded until December fifteenth, and I don't know that you can keep this locker room together for another month. Of that. <laughs> you know what? That sounds so absurd, but he did actually a very fair point. <laughs> we 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 can't. It's forty five days. Like it's. Correct. Yeah, we I can. mean, it's, what, we're like the less than two weeks into the season and this is already happening. I mean, usually the Wizards meltdown like takes a little longer than this. <laughs> I, lo- I love that so much. Like, look, Morgan, that's all fine and well, but I mean, look, that's, four, that's 45 days away. We can't, we, it's the Wizards, we can't, we can't make that. <laughs> right, I mean. <laughs> you're, you're, but you're right. So, okay, so here's a different thought, right? How about they get in on the Jimmy Butler wagon? Ooh, okay. Like, try to make it a three-team deal or just try to get Jimmy Butler? Just try to get Jimmy Butler. And, and, you and can just flip Otto? You can flip Otto. Uh, Troy Brown would have to be a necessary like requirement because, yeah. you know, it's Jimmy Butler after all. Right. Um, and maybe a pick of some sort. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, Tips would love Otto. He's a two-way yeah. player. He can run into the ground. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a way. Because you can't do just Otto for Jimmy straight up. Otto's making a little bit too much money. Yeah, he is. Um, but. Jang? Oh. Making it a little bit more. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Or just swap bad deals. Jan Mahimi right. and. And yeah, yeah, and Jang, yeah, yeah. I think that actually would work. Yeah, that would work. Look, we've been talking about doing this off the air. Now, now I'm now I'm saying it on the air, Brian. We should do a podcast where we just play around with the trade machine, (laughs) 
and we come up with dumbass ideas. I think that there's a podcast already out there called the Bill Simmons Podcast that does this. Oh, I haven't. I, I haven't listened to Bill for so long. I didn't know. Yeah, me, me neither. Right. But that, that's that is his shtick. I'm not. We, we no, that, that must, yeah, let, let's t- not touch on that. God damn it, Bill. I know. But if they do, if they did somehow get in on that, Tyus Jones, Washington should absolutely just steal Tyus Jones away because Minnesota's not using him. Why not? Oh, yeah. Like, I, it gives you more backcourt depth aside from just Austin Rivers. And then after that, you actually follow up on the idea that Joss Eberle had. Of making a trade that centered around John Wall and, and Aaron Gordon. Oh, with the magic, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, there I mean, are there are ways that Washington can can actually rediscover themselves. Like there oh, are, for sure. yeah. It's yeah. just a matter of should they. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if they're looking for cap relief, allow me to introduce you to Wilson Chandler and Jared Bayless. Both of That's them true. are on expiring deals. You can have Furkan Korkmaz, a lightly used Furkan Korkmaz. But you don't, you don't, you're not suggesting that you're taking Otto Porter, right? You want them to get Beal. Oh, I mean, you would have to give up a lot more for Beal. That would be for Porter. I, I, I just was unsure that you'd be interested in, in Porter specifically. I'm thinking for Philly specifically, Bradley Beal. Bradley oh, I mean, Beal, yeah. man. He, that he's would the be... guy, like, <laughs> Sixers fans are openly lusting after him because they're starting to realize that, like, there's a decent chance they don't hit on any star free agent next summer. Like oh, for sure. Like Chris, Chris Middleton is gonna stay. Yeah, Chris Middleton's going nowhere. They should have it should have struck like a year or two ago. But yeah, now the the genie is out of the bottle with Chris Middleton. So yeah, I mean oh, yeah. Beal would be the ideal, but if they're just looking to like if they figure they are out of the running of a star free agent and they're just looking to get Someone, I mean, Otto Porter is a great shooter. He's That's a versatile true. defender. He's a good wing. Like he, fits he can play the four. What, yeah, he fits into what they want to do. I mean, their backcourt is still kind of a disaster. But until Markel Fultz figures out how to play NBA basketball, that's not going to change no matter who they bring in. Right. Yeah. Okay. I I can see the logic with it. That's that's fair. Yeah. So now we did I, actually go into like a trading thing. Yeah. Yeah. We fixed the Wizards. There you go. You're welcome, Wizards fans. Did we? Okay. <laughs> I mean, you to fix the Wizards, you have to get rid of John Wall, I think. I, I, I think there's a common denominator in all of this locker room discord, and it starts with John Wall. You know how much I hate that? Because I was, I was pro-Wall for so long. Me too. I was in his corner for so long. I still believe to this day that under the right circumstances... He could be not just a top five point guard, but a top five player. Yeah. That dude's talent is remarkable. I agree. And I feel that he's going to be one of those guys that when his career is over, we're going to look back at that and, you know, 10 years later and go, that guy should have had like a, a 5 to 10% e- increase in all of the major statistical categories. Mm-hmm. But he, either he himself or the coaches or whatever, like a combination of both just hindered him. Yeah. Yeah, like, his 2016-17 season was like, oh, shit, John Wall is, like, a top 15 player. And now it's like, is John Wall a top 25 player? Yeah. Oh, it it, it bothers me because, it's you know, a- he, he can. He can do that. He can be one of the most effective two-way players, let alone point guards, right. in the damn league. Yeah. 
He's so athletic. He's so tall. He's so strong. Like he, when he's engaged, people bounce off of him when he's driving to the lane. Right. I just, oh, just become smarter, John Wall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's quickly touch on some other Discord. This time in Los Angeles, surprising no one, the LeBron James and the Lakers have also started to hit a bit of a rough patch. We look, you know, we talked about this. Right as in our first episode after the season began, we warned even throughout the preseason, throughout the summer, the Lakers were always going to get off to a slow start. It was not reason to panic. Their early season schedule was brutal uh, outside of the game against Phoenix. It starts to soften up a little bit moving forward. Like they've got Sacramento and Atlanta, Orlando, Miami, Cleveland all coming up in the next few weeks. So they should have opportunities to turn this thing around. But, you know, they, they're they 2-5 right now. Mm. And after they lost to Minnesota on Monday, LeBron started to voice some frustration in the media saying, we talk about patience, but you can't have recurrence of the same thing. If you are doing the same things over and over and over and expecting the same result, then that's insanity. So we have to get better. We can't keep having the same mistakes over and over. It isn't, isn't the saying if you do the same over and over again and expect different results? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, LeBron didn't go to college, so that's yeah. fair. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, that, that was a dumb comment on my. End. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just, was just me being a grammar geek. Yeah. Um, look, he's right. Yeah. He's right. I mean, <laughs> but I, I want to know what he's referring to. In terms of what what it is that they're doing again and again, like breaking down defensively, yeah, that's the thing they do again and again. But they, yeah. at least I'll give him this or give the Lakers this: they are failing in a myriad of ways defensively, not just mm-hmm. one way. Pick and roll coverage, awful. Right. Shots at the rim is basically only Javale McGee, who's right. a defensive presence. By the way, Javale McGee has twenty one blocks of the year. That's more than twice as Cleveland as a whole. So yes, here you go. Another little jab at Cleveland. I had to. Good lord. Um, But I'm not sure what they can do. Look at that roster. It's weird. There are so many placeholder names that aren't going to be there next year, I presume. Like, Mm -hmm. Lance Stevenson, is he going to be a Laker next year? Probably not. Contavious Caldwell Pope? Nah, I doubt it. Rashawn Rondo? Maybe. Right. Maybe. But... I just I I I've taken a whole year off LeBron. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not worried at all. I don't, and honestly, and to some extent, I don't care. And I think that's fine. Like LeBron has been, you know, this ever ever present presence. Really, you know, for being in the finals eight years in a row, everything's been LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Mm-hmm. Him going to the Lakers right now in in sort of a tra- transition year. I think it's good for the league. I also think it's good for LeBron personally, even though he's pissy right now, which is fair. But like, just I'm just tuning all of that out. Like a LeBron free year, is, I think would be good both for him if the media is just gonna back off a little bit, which they probably yeah. won't. But right, I don't know what he's what he's looking for right now. Yeah, I mean, like he, it's weird. <laughs> it's it's very similar to like what. Cleveland has going on because you know he comes into the year saying 
I know it's not going to be overnight. I know we're going to get off to a slow start. There's a lot of turnover, roster turnover. It's going to take a while to develop chemistry. And now seven games into the season, he's saying, you don't want to be around me when I lose my patience. Like, pick a lane, man. You knew oh, what you yeah. were getting into. <laughs> like, no, you, Did he, though? Did he? I, I, I would hope so. Like, he made the decision in a day. No, he didn't. Yeah, exactly. He made the decision before. Like he he knew what he was going before free agency began. I'm just thinking, you know, his whole shtick this summer was, you know, no more G.R. Smith types, right? Yeah. Bas- basketball intelligence. Right. You know, all the way around. And you know, I kind of get it because we make fun of Lance Stevenson a lot because he makes some dumb mistakes. But in terms of like his offense, you know, he's actually a brilliant player. He sees things that a lot of other players don't. Mm-hmm. And I think LeBron was like, hey, you know what? I actually want to see what he can do when he's unleashed. Right. But ultimately, so many of the bad habits of these guys, again, Rondo with the spitting and him getting yeah. personal, like yeah. they've just shown up, which is unfortunate. Like the the one guy, and I brought him up before, JaVale McGee, yeah. is, has actually been one of the most stable guys on the whole roster. <laughs> right. Which, which yeah. <laughs> that's not a great sign if you're the Lakers exactly Yeah. so I don't know I mean fair enough LeBron wants something else next month he wants something yeah. third it's just the way he is that's fine nothing can be done with him now he's signed he's locked up for four years I don't care I don't care we'll see I mean I, I, I'll take this seriously if he by February is out there uh, yelling to the press yeah yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not getting too worked up over it. I don't think Lakers fans should either. As we said, no. there, there's an opportunity for a number of easy wins coming up. If they blow those games, I think we're going to see a very angry LeBron, and then I think you know some of these guys should start. Let's just say I hope a lot of these guys are renting and not had, didn't buy mm. in LA because who knows what the roster is going to look like come February. But this is this is just part of. The LeBron James experience and right. the Lakers, like just as LeBron should have known what he was getting into and presumably did, the Lakers also presumably knew and should have known what they were getting into. Like him voicing frustration with his teammates passive aggressively is part of the experience. Him playing half-assed defense in the regular season, that's part of the LeBron James experience. He's just saving his energy for the playoffs, assuming they make it there. <laughs> you know, that's... Yeah. I'm I'm just glad that Voldemort isn't involved. Me too. Been a shockingly Voldemort free season, especially with you know, Lonzo has not been playing all that well. No. And, but... and I thought you know, with like with him and Rondo kind of switching between starting, I was very concerned we were going to get my boy should be starting. He's the best point guard in the NBA. Blah, blah, uh, blah. I'll tell you why. Oh, or at least that's this is my theory. He he started shutting up when LeBron came around, mm-hmm. and you know why? I think there's been a conversation. I think there's been a very serious conversation. I would assume so. Oh yeah, I think Lavar <clears throat> Voldemort. There you go. Yep, sorry. <laughs> I think he is scared shitless of LeBron and the 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 you know wielding the wielding of power that LeBron has. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, he should. He <laughs> like, should. LeBron 
signed there for three years plus a fourth year option. Like, LeBron could get his son shipped out of town in about three seconds. Exactly. And, you know, he, you know, Voldemort's entire idea was, oh, all my sons are Lakers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, one of your sons is an NBA player. That's it. Right. Just, and, shh. Yeah, and one of them may not be a Laker for much longer. If Exactly. So I think yeah. for him right now, it's just a matter of, oh, I, I could yell when all that was around, you know, my son was a bunch of rookies. Right. Now the greatest player in the game is... <laughs> It's yeah, taken over. Yeah. I should I should be quiet now. Yeah. And it's been nice. It's been it freeing. Been, it's been fantastic. And you're right. I bet there was a conversation. Because remember That's last year, sure. like, he got into it. And then LeBron was like, get your my children's name out of your mouth or something like that. And that was the one time where it was like, oh, mm-hmm. someone, someone clapped back and won. Like, yeah. he, he did not. That was it. That was the end of that. So, yeah, it would not surprise me if that was also part of it, either leading up to free agency or right after he made that decision. I bet that was one of the first phone calls he made was like, look, we're going to be dysfunctional enough with my own bullshit. Don't you get involved, too. It's never the dog that barks the loudest who bites. Well said. Well said. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. You're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Uh, Before we go, we need to offer a... I guess it's a mea culpa. Like, it's got to be a half-hearted mea culpa. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. but 25% of a mea culpa. Oh, right. <laughs> but two Sacramento Kings fans, who are, the, the Kings are 5-3, and three, which mm-hmm. is about four more wins than I think either one of us would have expected them to have this season. About five, probably. <laughs> they played Orlando. I, they could. That was a, a toss-up. Uh, look, we're, we are happy for you. We are genuinely... You know, we, we shit on you guys and the Orlando Magic probably more than anyone else in the NBA. No, no, no. We don't shit on you guys. We shit yeah, on no, the no. organization. We, on your, right, right, right. That's true. We actually, we are, we have long stood by how you should have an amnesty. and We continue to stand exactly. by that. Exactly. Right. Because that organization has put you through way too much trauma for any one sports fan to endure. But we are genuinely happy for you to be five and three. As a Sixers guy, I want you to make the playoffs at this point. Because we don't own your pick anymore, unless it's the number one overall pick. And I would love for you to screw over Boston and give you them... You had like, to go there. You had to just, go there. I, just give them number 18. Go for it. I told you before we recorded, you shouldn't <laughs> go there. Of course you of go, course right there. go there. <laughs> However, I, I will, a word of caution is that you guys play Atlanta on Thursday. And then coming up after that, in Milwaukee, Toronto, Minnesota, Lakers, Spurs, Grizzlies... Rockets, Thunder, Jazz, Warriors, Jazz, Clippers, Pacers. That That's the entire schedule. Pacers is December 1st. So that's the entire schedule through the month of November. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is get used to the five wins. Because that <laughs> well, that number is going to be a permanent fixture within the next month. Yeah. At Atlanta, I think they can win that one. Could. But, but yeah. Could also not do it. 
I I would just say enjoy being above five hundred while you can. Yep. Because that schedule is brutal, and I, I'm not just saying that for the Kings. That like, if any team had to face that slate for the next month, like <laughs> there are very few gimmies in that. You know, as, unless depending on like what happens with the Houston, if they're still this in disarray in two weeks, maybe that's easier than it looks. But like, you know, ugh, that, that's just brutal. Like all of those teams, at least are better than expected, such as Memphis and probably even the Spurs, or are going to be clear-cut playoff teams like Milwaukee, Toronto, the Jazz, the Warriors. Ugh, that sucks. But, hey, like, good for you, Kings. Like, I, I'm I'm glad to see that they're not, you know, they've had years and years and years of mismanaging their young players and, like, playing Zach Randolph and Costa Kufis in front of like Willie Cauley-Stein and Scala Bissieri and just making those guys play 20 minutes off the bench. Like, I'm glad that this year Dave Yeager was like, no, I'm just (laughs) We're not doing that this time. We're not playing Zach Randolph. We're just going to play our young guys and we're going to take our lumps with them and we're going to see what we have with them. And like right now, I mean, Willie Cauley-Stein is playing out of his mind. Mm, 17 and 9. Yeah. Remember when he came minutes? into the league, we were all going, you know, he he's going to be a high shot blocking machine. He's not going to be an offensive yeah. minded player. Yeah. The reverse is true. I like know. his shot blocking is really low. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he's not ta- he's taking zero threes this year. That's just a good fashion 17 points. Uh, yeah. Mostly close to the basket shooting. It is. And Buddy Heald is balling yeah. and really rebounding out of his mind. They, they really uh, gone the route of gang rebounding, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. It seems like they're... I think I think the players have noticed, like, the, you know, obviously the backlash in the media. Yeah. And have gone, you know what? Everyone starts talking about Vivek Ranadive and Vladi and all those guys when they talk about us. Mm-hmm. They never talk about us, though. Like, they right. don't talk about us players and our capabilities. Like, we're being forgotten about. So, here's a reminder. Yeah. Which, honestly, if they have, you know, behind the scenes come together, this group, and said, you know, let's let's get the focus back on us. Right. I, I can respect the fuck out of that. Me too. I to- Yeah, absolutely. And I, look, <laughs> the only thing I'm mad about is that Bielitsa is playing so well. Bielitsa, who was a sixer for like two days and then backed out. Because <laughs> yeah, I think Windhorse tweeted it last night. He said, like, who knew Bielitsa backing out of the Sixers and joining the Kings is going to be one of the most impactful moves this summer? It's like, yeah, the Sixers really could use that right now. And like, yep. Bielitsa's averaging 15, 6, and 3. Like, he's playing really well. He's shooting 55% from 3 almost. So let's talk about Marvin Backlund for a second. Okay, yeah. He has been everything we thought he'd be. Mm-hmm. You know, solid score, solid rebounder, you know, and an overall consistent offensive presence, but not much else. Yep. And it's fine. Like he's he's nineteen. There's right. time. Right. But you can still see like he's you know, his defensive concerns, if I'm mm-hmm. being polite, mm-hmm. are are legit. Yeah. Really legit. 
to the point where I'm I'm wondering whether they can even bring him into the starting lineup later on this year. I, I think he should probably be on bench duty for the, his entire rookie season mm-hmm. and just get, you know, be in a role where he is growing more and more comfortable just scoring the basketball and kind of say that's it. Yeah. Like, and then moving forward, like, or during the course of the summers, he would say, you know, this is this is my time to improve defensively. Now I have to get my lateral quickness up, like reading, watching a lot of video, stuff like that. Just this mm-hmm. year, <laughs> rebound the ball, score it. Just, that's it. Yeah. You know how we, we we're giving Trey Young, like, we don't want him to always be compared to Luka Doncic because that's unfair to him. Right. I don't know that I can extend that same that same thing to Marvin Bagley. I like, would agree. I, I I like Luca has been so damn good so far at surprising no one outside of the Sacramento organization. Oh, that, and 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 you know the average American who thought he couldn't participate <laughs> against NCAA athletes. Sure. Yeah. I'll be running that the whole year. I don't you care should. if I have, You yeah. should. I, I mean, I'm happy that we were both on the Luca train this year. Like, you know, you you were way ahead of me on Donovan Mitchell. At least with Luca, it was you know there was a clear consensus on this podcast. Luca Doncic was the best prospect in the draft class. I have not changed from that stance. I am assuming you have not either. Well, I I I, I, I was wavering in a, for a minute with with DeAndre Aiden. Aiden. Yeah, but but and and he's been awesome he by the way. Been. But yeah. You know, the the closer we came to draft time, I was like, "Oh, Mort, you idiot!" <laughs> right, right, yeah. But I mean, look, I, again, we're happy for the Kings. We hope it keeps up. Like, let's let's revisit them come December first, and if they're a five hundred team, we will offer another mea culpa, and we will have a real discussion. Like a legit about, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, because this one is very much like the Magic last year when they started 8-4 and four and then they just got their braids beaten in. This is exactly mm. what that feels like. But, again, let's let's check them out in a month. We'll see where we're at. So, I've been, uh, to, just to close off this pot, I, I just, I have a question. Yes. Because this has been one of the, mo- the, the, the most pressing questions I've gotten from people, you know, who follow my work. Okay. Uh, obviously, because of my, my, my Bulls interest back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it is the sustainability of Zach Levine's scoring this season. Mm. Yeah, I I'm unsure where I land on this, so I've given people like this wait and see response. Uh huh. Because I can't figure out whether this is is a sustainable or not. I really can't. It's only been seven games, like, right. but but I can see some major differences from when he was playing in Minnesota and also last year. Like he is deliberately getting to the line a lot more. And attacking the rim a lot more, his shot selection has dramatically improved. Mm-hmm. Although there are lapses where he just goes into complete chuck mode, and you know what can you do? Right. Is Zach Levine going to be a guy who is going to be scoring twenty five plus for a bunch of years? Is this thing kind of legitimate? I mean, it wouldn't totally surprise me if he mm-hmm. did. Um, I think. A lot of the early season numbers are being fueled by the talent around him, or lack yep. thereof, as it were. Yep. And injuries. Uh, yeah, I think when Markinen's back, when Portis is back, when Dunn is back, he starts to get a few, like, slightly fewer shots per game. And that yep. will, you know, he he averaged or he had thirty plus in each of his first four. He's had 
20 or 20, 27, and 21 in his last three. I think he's more in that range than he is the 30 plus guy. Agreed. Unless, unless he's just chucking because there's no one else there. But And he's actually bitching about not getting enough shots. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I like, I would rather have him take shots than Jabari Parker. Mm hmm. But that's not a very high bar. But, like, the Bulls no. just. <laughs> The Bulls just don't have... I mean, it's like those two guys are the only ones who can create shots for themselves until marketing comes back. Right. Well, no, uh, Antonio Blakeney. I got to give Antonio Blakeney some love because, good Lord, he's been good. And I called him too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You did. But, you know, like they just don't have... Like Cameron Payne, you know, is their starting point guard right now. Like that's not a... It's not an especially great situation to be in. So, so my so my follow up question because I think I have a pretty good idea of where you stand on this mm-hmm. because I I was coming in with a point on this. Okay. Let's imagine it's close to February, mm-hmm. close to the trade deadline, and Zach Levine is averaging like twenty six points a game. Mm-hmm. Do you sell high? I mean, it would depend on what you can get for him. If you could get. A, picks. If you if you could get a high impact prospect and a pick, right. yeah, or if a very lightly protected pick, yeah. But otherwise, I don't think there's a huge rush necessarily. I don't think this is gonna fall off because like Wendell Carter is gonna be a defensive minded guy his first few seasons. Like I don't think right. he's gonna have a massive uptick in scoring. I guess it depends on who they draft next year. If like he's really steals a lot of shots from Levine, but. You know, I would expect Levine to be the Bulls' leading scorer, either him or Markinen, but most likely him for yeah. much, if not all, of that contract. But so that's I, that's kind of the thing because I'm looking at this through the spectrum of will Levine's, you know, need for oh, for for taking twenty plus shots <laughs> yeah. hinder the development of Markinen and and Wendell Carter because you know I'm looking at that roster and I'm looking at the games. And honestly, I'm seeing two guys that are that are surefire mainstays, mm-hmm. and that's it, Markinen yeah. and Carter. Right. Everyone else open for business. Yeah, I would agree. I yeah, I don't think he's untouchable by any means, but right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell him for like a late first round pick. No, no, no. Obviously, like it had to make sense, but what, and that's yeah. also why I'm saying sell high. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you use that as a platform to go look? The guy's scoring like twenty six, twenty seven points a game. Like, let's assume by February, right? Do do yeah. you take like if someone is out there like <clears throat> the Kings, right, right, right? Yeah, like, I mean, oh, like, we need a guy like that. Yeah, if I think that's smart business for any NBA team. If you think, you know, it's like what. The Sixers did with Michael Carter Williams. If you think he's right. putting up unsustainable, like bloated numbers, get out before those numbers go down. Yeah, I'm just I I think that the entire debate is just fascinating because right now a lot of people are talking about trading Bobby Portis mm. before his you know be- yeah. before they have to to re up him next summer. Right. But Portis has become like the emotional leader of a team, which I think think is is very valuable in its own right. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you have a guy who's putting up almost 30 a game but is <laughs> complaining about shots, yeah, I may be more leaning towards not 
picking that guy up or, or hanging or looking at him as a mainstay compared to the other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. All right. So I'm not crazy in, in beginning to look at that venture. No, I don't think right. so. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. So thank you again to everyone for listening in today. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. As always, I am Brian Toporek, and I was joined by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I just realized that O.J. Mayo is actually um, able to sign an NBA contract right now because he was suspended for two years. Oh, No, no one exciting. has picked him up. So I'm just thinking, like, you guys needed depth at the wing. So True. That's... Sixers. <laughs> He's the missing piece. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> All right, later, Mort. Later. Hey, um, you've been sitting in front of that fan for a while now, Deborah. Yeah. You want to talk about it? No, I'm good. You sure? Because your lips are looking pretty chapped. That's life on the open road. Well, yeah, it would be, but we're in an office building. It's hard to be without your bike, so do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. With basic policies as low as $75 a year, you'll be back on the road in no time. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. And now, an ad from Mom. <clears throat> Bundle home and auto with Progressive and save on your car insurance. Excuse, excuse me, maybe we should add in the word money so they know that they're saving money. I'm just going to add that in there, okay? Hello? Just nodding at me. Okay, well, he's got enough buttons to push in there. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward. Building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.